As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. From a top soldier field, welcome to the Shamrock brought to you by DirecTV Stream. Get your TV together with the best of live and on demand. Learn more at directtv.com. I'm Pete Sampson, joined as always by Matt Fortuna after. Well, let's just get it. Like, <laughs> they won by a lot. We, we have co- they weren't winning by we a have, lot. We have covered all 106 of Brian Kelly's wins. You have. Uh, I missed I, one. Okay, I've missed one. I'm I hoping that you covered Boston College in 2011. But um, I covered that one. It's great. We've covered all of them. And I feel like every time we cover a game of Brian Kelly and Notre Dame, you're like, oh, it was like this one, or it was like that one. <laughs> this one stands alone. I, I, I'm i completely floored uh, still an hour after this one finished uh, that a game that was Wisconsin was winning 13-10 in the fourth quarter ended with Notre Dame winning 41-13. I, um, I don't even know where to start on this one. I wish we had our friend Lou Samoji with us here just to tell us when's the last time they scored 31 points in any quarter, let alone the fourth quarter. I can't remember when that's happened. Can we actually, here's where we could start. We're going to repeat what we heard uh, in the <laughs> press room, which was uh, the, the interview room, which was situated on the other side of the wall of Notre Dame's locker room, so you could hear a lot. And a bunch of us tweeted, as I'm sure you saw, they played Jump Around after playing the fight song. And afterward, an unknown individual, and I do not know who this individual is, although I kind of want to give him a hug because it was like the funniest thing <laughs> so I've heard in a savage. while. Someone says, in time to give the game ball to Graham Mertz. <laughs> oh my God. Which is not inaccurate, I will say. Oh, well, Graham Mertz, though, was inaccurate. <laughs> Ooh, that's a good one. There were three quarterbacks who played today on this field, and Graham Mertz somehow was the fourth worst, fourth best of them all. I mean, Tyler Buckner, who couldn't play, would have been better than Graham Mertz. I cannot believe, I mean, that was like the talk of the press box, and I know it's a nerdy podcast, but. I can't believe that guy is how bad that guy is. Like it just boggles my mind. Yeah, it was a wretched performance, uh, made even worse by Notre Dame's defense. I mean, we'll, we'll get into like the Jack Cohn, Drew Pine, Chris Tyree stuff, but like I want to start with sort of giving credit to Marcus Freeman in that defense mm-hmm. because when the offense was struggling in the first half, and really no, when the offense was struggling through three quarters, the reason that Notre Dame was still in it with a chance to to do the unbelievable at the end was that Wisconsin had not converted a third down until midway in the third quarter. Uh, they had three first downs in the first half. One of them was of, from a Kyle Hamilton penalty. 
Um, and you saw Marcus Freeman, you know, I think we complimented him last week, bring out dime defense. Purdue really struggled with that. Today, what do you do? It's like kind of a 4-4 look with Jordan Botello. Wisconsin really struggled with that. Um, and then, I mean, the game ends. The final two touchdowns are a, a Jack Kaiser pick six and a Drew White pick six, um, which it was a dominant performance from Notre Dame's defense. Wisconsin, Wisconsin finished with 314 yards total offense. Uh, they couldn't really run the ball. They sure as hell couldn't throw the ball. Uh, Mertz, 18 of 41, 240, a touchdown and four picks. And, I mean, if you if you could actually play worse than that stat line, Graham Mertz played worse than that stat line. It Before the two pick sixes, so it was, what, 27-13. When Notre Dame took the lead on the Chris Tyree return, I thought, all right, this is how they're going to win the game. Like, neither team played particularly great for about three and a half quarters. And much like last week, Notre Dame just has better players, and those better players are making the game deciding well, plays. I mean, Wisconsin doesn't have a five star, former five-star running back like Chris Tyree to or bring, it, bring Kevin, a touchdown back. Or Kevin Austin or Kevin to Austin, catch a 30 or, six-yard touchdown. Or Mike early. Mayer to, like, have the, the I think, the completion that preceded the Kevin Austin. Right. I mean, they don't have guys like that. And I don't – you know, we spend so much time this week talking about Notre Dame's offensive line, which is talented but not playing well. Uh, could Notre Dame compensate for that? And if you have – look – if you have a kickoff return touchdown, yeah. two pick sixes, <laughs> few shot plays in there, you can overcome just about anything if you do that. Yeah, I mean, and last week we said something similar, right? Like, they beat Purdue by 14. They got an incredible touchdown run from Kyron Williams, and then Kyle Hamilton defensively basically stopped out any hope of Purdue being able to do anything. It was similar for a good part of this game. Like, I, even after that Tyree touchdown is – as energized as it got Notre Dame, like, I don't think anyone felt great about, like, all right, they're winning, but, like, this is still a four-quarter, 60-minute game, and quickly it turned into something completely unrecognizable, and I thought, you know, you mentioned how we, we don't have a basis for comparison for this this win for Brian Kelly. I thought that was one of the better post-game press conferences, more insightful, I, I should say, from Brian Kelly in a while, um, because he just talked a lot about how, like, we're figuring out who we are. Uh, you know, people think they figured us out, but we haven't figured ourselves out. And that's the beauty. He's like, that's what I, you know, there was a lot of, you know, a lot of opportunities to look back considering the historic nature of this win for Brian Kelly. And he basically said, but what I love is like, I know this team's going to be playing much better in November. I know they're young. I know they're going to be better. I don't know what they're going to look like, but I know they're going to get better every day. And I love their practice habits and I love uh, their preparation. And, I think it takes a mature coach to be at a program um, with the bullseye on your back like Notre Dame where every game's a referendum on everything and they easily could have lost multiple games so far this season to all of a sudden look up and say, hey, we're 4-0. Our best ball may still be in front of us. We just beat the team that was allegedly the best on our schedule by 28 points with a third-string quarterback. Uh, that's Notre Dame was playing right. with a third-string quarterback, yeah. not Graham Mertz uh, in Wisconsin. Um, I mean – you feel better and better about this team every single week. And I know it hasn't been the highest of bars to clear, but um, you got to feel excited if you're a Notre Dame fan right now about you know the, the progress they've shown at all but one position so far this season. Right, and it's, I mean, what I felt most strongly about this team is that they would be very entertaining to watch, uh, in part because you just not, you were not going to know how it was going to come together on a week-to-week basis. Um, I didn't think it would come together like it came together today, nor do I think, you know, certainly Notre Dame is not a perfect team, nor does Brian Kelly or anybody in the locker room think that they are, but it's, 
it's a fun team to cover. I'm assuming if you're you're listening to this podcast, it's probably a fun team to watch, even if they give you a heart attack <laughs> here and there. Um, in the sense of like, you just they still kind of they've been able to carry over the sort of serial winners attitude that they've had the last three years, where they you are confident they're going to figure out how to do it, how to put it all together at the end. Um, but it's been a lot more just wild, crazy swings than what you're used to seeing, and like. I, I really appreciated sort of Brian Kelly's perspective that like it's fun to not know because mm-hmm. um, like that's that's what I love about sports right is like the ability to be surprised to not sort of pound your chest that like I knew this was ha- I knew this was coming or like I predicted this all to happen like that's that's one of the reasons this Notre Dame team is fun is because like you don't know where the performance are going to come from Tyree Pine Kaiser White um, you know Jason Adamilola. Um, Jacob Lacey had a huge fourth down stop, which is not somebody that we would have talked about if Kurt Heinisch was available today. Um, so it's, I think that's part of the reason why this this team is just, they're not going to go 12-0, and 0, but I think that Notre Dame fans in general are going to enjoy the ride, the ride that they're on with this team. I would, I'm not going to say they're going to go 12-0. Okay. I wouldn't rule anything yes. out at this point. I'm getting a little 2012 vibes, a little bit, just because mm. everything's been different week to week and they seem to be getting better. And their best ball still seems to be ahead of them. And yet, like you look at that box score, Wisconsin outgained them by 72 yards. They averaged more than one full yard per play, uh, more than Notre Dame did. They sacked Notre Dame six times, really seven. Jack Cohn ran into an offensive lineman on third down on the second drive of the game. That wasn't officially a sack and fell down. Um, like a lot of the problems that existed last week still exist this week. They played a fourth different left tackle through four games today. Right. Joe Wall, who uh, wore two different jerseys, which I haven't seen a lineman do that on the same side of the ball probably ever, at least since I've been covering this sport. Um, but it was it was a weird, fun game. Notre Dame had three rush yards. <laughs> like <laughs> that, 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 yeah. that doesn't like it's still hard to wrap your head around how they're winning, and yet I keep coming back to Brian Kelly. Come back to some of the comments he had post game today, and, and just the way this game shaped out. I mean, I tweeted a big game, and I meant it with all sincerity. Like this is Brian Kelly breaking a wins record with a backup, and again, people correct me, third string quarterback, not backup quarterback, is really the most Brian Kelly thing ever because he has won 106 games at Notre Dame, not 106 different ways, but many, many, many different ways in a way that's hard to diagnose, hard to figure out but gives you security and confidence if you're in that locker room, if you're a Notre Dame fan, that they're going to find a way to figure it out. And they did that today. I mean, Jack Cohn goes down, and I mean, I can't say I'm like, part of me is thinking, oh, ND hasn't moved the ball that well with him. I don't know what they're going to get out of a guy who hasn't taken a snap in a game since, what, garbage time last year? Alabama. He came in yeah. for the Alabama game. Exactly. Briefly. Um, and you're thinking, like, Mertz can't be this bad, right? Eventually, <clears throat> Wisconsin's going to figure something out. They seem to get a little bit of offensive momentum early in the third quarter when they decided to go underneath and run a couple crossing patterns instead of just running it up the middle for nothing and trying a few deep shots here and there. Um, and yet, the kickoff happens. Pine, even after taking a really bad sack and losing the ball on his second drive, um, comes right back and leaves him down on a touchdown drive to Kevin Austin. And uh, that, that showed a lot, a lot of gumption on his part, a lot of gumption on this program's part because – that's a guy, and I'm glad you asked about him. Uh, that, that can't be easy. He's in a, a back quarterback battle, and I use air quotes when I say that, all spring and all camp, or half a camp with Jack Cohn's here, and no one in the right mind 
understandably so, is giving him a chance to win this thing. Right. And we're all thinking the real question is who's going to be the number two. And look, if Tyler Buckner's healthy today, maybe it is Tyler Buckner. Um, but you had a question in your mailbag last week, last this week, um, that essentially addressed that head on, which was, you know, if it's this week, it's probably Drew Pine. If it's later in the season, right. it's probably Tyler Buckner. It was Drew Pine today due to circumstances beyond anyone's control. And he played pretty well. I mean, had a touchdown drive, finished six of eight. Again, bad, bad fumble, but nothing that no one else on Notre Dame who's taken a snap this year right. hasn't done with that offensive line this year. So um, I thought that was pretty impressive. And look, you got to feel a lot better about that room moving forward just because you got, you got tested a little bit there. It was before. looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Victorinox, the makers of the original Swiss Army Knife, have been a reliable companion for life's everyday challenges, mastering functionality, innovation, iconic design, and uncompromising quality with its products. The Victorinox Swiss Army Knife provides you with all the things you don't think about until you need it. Tweezers, a screwdriver, and even a corkscrew. With the Victorinox Swiss Army Knife, you can be prepared to master everyday life. You can find Victorinox Swiss Army Knives at Dick's Sporting Goods. Yeah, I mean, it was one of those things that Reese has said to us and I think to on the NBC broadcast that, like, the quarterback room is as locked in, as smart as it's ever been. And we're like, all right, you know, that's kind of something you say about whoever's there right sure. now. But, like, today was evidence that that's true, um, that they have three quarterbacks that they can win with. Uh, I don't I don't know when last season ended if we were confident that we are going to have one. Um, so, for to sit here after four games – Three of stone touchdown passes all have been instrumental in wins. It's not like mm-hmm. the work that Buckner did against Toledo was garbage time, nor it's certainly not the work that uh, Pine did today was garbage time. And, it's, and then, I mean, you see sort of Pine celebrate his uh, touchdown pass with the Conor McGregor, whatever that is. Like, there's, I don't know, there's some, like, real attitude about this team now, which, which I do think is, like, a little bit different from the last years. You have, like, Kyle Hamilton has definitely come into his own as – a guy who can talk some shit like uh, and likes doing it to the point that like Brian Kelly got Brian <laughs> Kelly got a flag defending Hamilton after two Wisconsin players basically pinned Hamilton yeah. to the ground on a punt, which seemed pretty cheap. Yes. Um, you know, especially when they high fived each other after they got off of them. That was, uh, yeah, that was fairly that was like a bar. Yeah, <laughs> that was fairly pretty weak. Um, but it, I mean, even the attitude of Brian Kelly to, to take a penalty like. That's that's kind of one of those things that like your locker room notices that um, you know your players on your roster notice that that like your head coach has your back even if it's a 15 yard penalty it's like one that was well worth it I think for Brian Kelly in the short term and the long term. No, and, and how many games have we covered? Wins we've covered where I wouldn't say they're apologetic for winning, but it's not all. All smiles afterward. The lot people going into the locker room afterward, like you can't hear the locker room dancing and singing and talking trash and blasting jump around. Um, they seem to really enjoy being around each other and enjoy being on this this journey, for lack of a better term, to, to wherever this season may take them. It was not the way I think any of us drew it up a month ago, but 
we just came up going to get through Wisconsin at 4-0. Look out. And it's, I mean, it's not inaccurate. The way they got through Wisconsin, yeah. it, I mean, it's, it, I don't know. If it's Desmond Ritter can get a Grand right. game ball next week. <laughs> Look I mean, at some point, the offensive line, I think, will will trip them up. But uh, And I, I think you asked the question of Kelly about Reese and the way he game-planned today and the way he called plays today because, I mean, Reese essentially is trying to run a game operation knowing that you can't do much of anything between the tackles. Like, you have to go over it. You have to move people around. Um, I'm not saying that, like, Reese was – 100% on point today and this was like a master class or anything but he he is game planning in a way that I think that he probably never thought they'd ever have to especially at Notre Dame not even game planning adjusting yeah I mean four games four left tackles three quarterbacks I, I don't know where they rank rushing once two, week four is done two it's left guards probably the worst in the FBI at least among power five after a three yard performance today yeah I mean you're playing left handed like I know that's the defensive coordinator, like typical coach cliche, right? You want to make an offense play left-handed. Tommy Reese has had to call games left-handed and really design this like, offense. Like one arm. Like, yeah. yeah I mean, it's, like, it, and again, I think eventually that catches up to you. But to preface all that by then saying they beat a ranked Wisconsin team by 28 points today, like that's just <laughs> mind-boggling. It, yeah, it's bizarre that, you know, you could have 32 carries for <laughs> – Three yards. Three yards. With those running backs. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Kyron Williams. I mean, the way that I evaluate the running backs, I mean, not to flatter Notre Dame's run game, but I, I just, you know, forget sacks. Like, tell me how Kyron Williams and Chris Tyree did. Kyron Williams had 18 carries for 33 yards, 1.8 yards per carry. Chris Tyree, two carries, six yards, obviously three yards a carry. That's not... Sack-adjusted rush yards, 1.6 yards per carry. Yeah, it just is bizarre that, like, you could be functional that way. Um, you know, that's separate to the question of like, why is this happening? Because like Notre Dame has material on the offensive line. They're not playing well right now. Like, obviously, I don't know how that gets turned around. I don't know if that gets turned around. I don't know if this is just something like Reese is going to have to deal with the rest of the season. But that is, I mean, it, it feels inexcusable to me that Notre Dame would come into a game like this against Wisconsin and essentially have to abandon the running game before the game starts. It's crazy. And uh, I tweeted it. I know they deleted it. If you want a really good laugh, look at Fox Sports' tweet from earlier this week <laughs> saying, would you rather have your coach as your coach, Brian Kelly or Paul Chris, except the picture wasn't Brian Kelly. It was Jeff Quinn, who's had better years than this one, to put it lightly. Um, I don't know. Like we had some version of this conversation two years ago when they couldn't get the run game going and they didn't have their quality of running backs they had this year and not to draw any kind of comparisons or lines but like at the end of the day like Chip Long just couldn't work like that and yeah. a lot of other stuff happened and ended up with Chip Long not being a Notre Dame anymore and Jeff Quinn still is now Notre Dame's obviously done just fine for themselves they haven't lost a regular season game since then but at some point I just I don't know what the like was Chris Watt the best GA in the history of GAs? I mean, he got he was his first year coaching, and now he's a full time coach with yeah. Long down at Tulane coaching offensive lines. Like, I don't know what the answer is, especially in season, because as you said, every criticism we've lobbed that group's way has been deserved. But it's also a group of guys who multiple top one hundred signees out of high school, and I don't care how young they are, how different this is for them. Like that should not be happening. 
Right. Yeah. You, you can't have that product on the offensive line at Notre Dame. Um, not, not with the way that they've recruited, you know, even with Blake Fisher out, I mean, the guys that they're, they're trotting out there are, like you said, top hundred prospects, almost all four-star prospects with the exception of Kane Madden, who's really experienced, right? Um, you know, 31 starts at Marshall and starting the first four games here. So it's, it's hard to get your head around that. I do think that is probably, you know, that Notre Dame will take some interesting steps throughout the course of the season. You know, seeing the defense evolve over the course of four games, the quarterback position has evolved over four games. I'm not sure if the offensive line is going to, though. Um, this may just, it may just be like different versions of this. Maybe some weeks will be more extreme than others. Like Wisconsin, like you can give Wisconsin some credit for the rush defense. I think they're first in the nation in yards per carry allowed. Notre Dame was never going to run the ball effectively today. I just thought that they would be able to do more than that. But, you know, I, I would say the rush offense, what you saw against Florida State, Toledo, and Purdue is probably more concerning than what you saw today. Because today, I would have to give Reese and Kelly credit. They didn't try to force it. Um, you know, getting an, a one-yard run on first and 10 was not any path to success. So, um that was that was the part of the game plan that I really liked. There was a lot of deep shots. There was a lot of aggressive play calling, um, especially on first down. That was how, like, even though it didn't really work that well, like Jack Conan wasn't really connecting with Braden Lindsay. Um, you know, had the one connection with Kevin Austin, but um, that's that's the way they had to play. Um, I don't know if they'll have to play like that every game the rest of the way, but it's that's that has to be like on Reese's desk every week. Like, is this a game where we're going to have to throw it 40 times to win because we can't rush it 45 times to win? Yeah, give Kevin Austin credit. I mean, he really answered the bell after yeah. looking completely lost last week. He had to answer the bell, otherwise they probably wouldn't have won this game. And he, he, he played great. Um, he had a lot of big catches. He had two touchdowns and, and really broke, helped get Notre Dame the lead when, when, when things didn't look all that hot for them early on. Um, Cincinnati's rushing defense is not – at least so far in the same league as Wisconsin's, they're 68th nationally, giving up 138 rushing yards per game, 3.48 yards per carry. The only real opponent I think they played is Indiana. Yeah. Um, so <clears throat> shouldn't be as difficult as it was this week. Um, but as you said, like you, you weren't going to fit a square peg into a round hole against that defense on the ground today. You just weren't. And you were going to have to find other ways to, to move the ball. And they eventually were able to do that. I, sound like a broken record, but like I do again wonder about the long term viability of just living that way with yeah. that predictability. It, but it feels like your your luck is gonna run out on that at some point. It's, um, I'm I'm driving a car and empty. Yeah. And I haven't crashed yet, so everything's good. Well no, like eventually like that's going to Yeah, that, that's gonna have to get fixed. But again, like that's gonna have to get fixed if we're talking about Notre Dame as a college football playoff team. Sure. That to go ten and two, like they can definitely go ten and two the way they're playing right now. Um, I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. like they're because like you, you give you them, can throw any record out there right now, and I'm not, I'm I'm just gonna say yeah, like it's it's a one game season every week, and it's I, really really hard to like they they have that internal chemistry and belief that I don't think too many teams have, no. which gives them the edge in pretty much every game they played so far. Um, so I, I yeah, I mean I. I I could see them win 10 games this year, which is kind of how we predicted it, albeit a much different way right. a month ago. Um, but yeah, you do, you just wonder about the, for me again, it's less about, all right, we can't run the ball. We can't rely on our offensive line. We're going to have to outscheme that versus like, okay, if we're going to throw the ball 50 times a game, like if we have to completely abort the run game and we have to throw the ball 
50 times or whatever times a game, and our defense is on the field for X number of plays, like, those things just catch up to you programmatically. And I don't know how you, how you, as you look at Auburn, I saw your, your eyes <laughs> pop out. I thought it was something I said. You're looking at the Auburn losing to Georgia, Georgia State. Georgia State. Colorado uh, State beating Iowa. <laughs> oh, wow. That, that was really surprising. Yeah. Um, but, like, the de- like the defense, you if you can't take the – offensive game plan like this and package it week after week after week like and I get that like I I think that you're onto something but I do think you can take what they're doing defensively and package it week after week after mm-hmm. week um, maybe easier than anything you can do offensively um, you know we've seen Notre Dame live that way and win a ton that way with Clark Lee and now they're doing it with Marcus Freeman um, I don't you know it's it's a defense that I think Cam Hart took a huge, mm-hmm. huge step today. Like, I had a question last week about, like, you know, has Cam Hart reached dude status? And I was like, I kind of want to see more, more of that. Well, today we saw more. Um, you know, Cam Hart should go to every practice and show up to every game now with as a different person sure. than he did coming into Chicago today. So that's a huge step. Um, you know, the way they rotated defensively was interesting at the back end. You know, getting Jordan Botello and gives uh, Marcus Freeman a new toy to play with. Um, the Adam Malola twins, I think, are playing great football. Um, you know, Foskey is Foskey. You'll get Heinish back. It's um, There's just a lot to this defense where I think Notre Dame could probably go in every week and say, like, all right, how do we get to 24 points? If we get to 24 points, we'll win the game. Because uh, I don't... I don't see anybody putting a lot on them the rest of the season. Now, they haven't played a team like USC or North Carolina in terms of pass first. Um, I guess, you know, Purdue to a certain extent, but not with the the material, right? Um, So that'll be a different test. But at this point, considering where we were with Marcus Freeman uh, in Tallahassee three weeks ago, man, that, that guy has changed, I think, a lot of hearts and minds in a short amount of time. And I think he's sort of delivering... The way that you know that's what Noreen thought they were getting the whole time. Yeah, no, I, I couldn't agree with you more. I mean, that, that defense has put back put together back to back really really strong games against their two best opponents, which I wasn't sure if they're going to be able to do that after what we saw against Florida State and Toledo, um, with especially with giving up big plays. Now, whether or not Purdue, yeah, you know, I mean, I don't think opponent matters. I mean, these two teams are better than Purdue and Toledo, or excuse me, better than Florida State and Toledo, and those two teams were able to make big chunk make the Irish pay with big chunk plays and, and Wisconsin and Purdue were not able to do that. Um, I thought it was an outstanding performance all around. Obviously the two pick six, you mentioned Cam Hart, the, two, the linebackers I thought were great. The two pick sixes from Drew Wright to Jack Kaiser and I would argue Bo Bauer had the nicest play of all of them when he blitz on a third and uh, long deep in Wisconsin's territory and just was bearing down at Graham Burns. Oh uh, yeah. Added down a pass right in his face. Um, read it from the get-go. It was a great play from start to finish. Um, I've been thoroughly impressed with what this group has shown these past two weeks, especially in light of the way they began the season um, against those, that level of competition. We'll see if they can keep it up. I, I mean, USC and Carolina, are, are, I think, are completely different animals, especially yeah. when it comes to the way they try to stretch you defensively, uh, vertically. But Cincinnati, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I was not at all sold on the Cincinnati team um, at the outset of the season. Um it's it's going to be a fun game. I wonder if game day will go there. It's 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 going to be a fun one. I, I mean, I'm looking forward. Yeah, to seeing how that comes out. Top ten game, right? Like that's all right. You're probably right. This is that's the real deal next week. So it's um, I do think that you know we talk about USC and North Carolina and the matchups and stressing Notre Dame in some different ways. I do think like 
you know, credit to O'Leary and Mickens. Like the secondary, I was pretty lukewarm on when the season started. I just thought it was like Kyle Hamilton and, and like some guys. Um, podcast co-host. Yeah. And it's, I mean, it's definitely a lot more than that now. I mean, coming out of Tallahassee and then after getting benched against Toledo, you kind of wondered if like DJ Brown was in the mix at all the rest of the season. And he's played a ton the last two weeks. Uh, Cam Hart, Clarence Lewis, Truk, Bracey was playing more now. Um, yeah, just the defense has a real way about itself. Like as much as the offense, I think is still trying to figure out, all right, is this, is this who we want to be? Is this what we are? Do we just have to deal with this? Like, Defensively, it seems like Notre Dame knows who it is, um, has an identity there. Uh, you know, Cam Hart even referenced Marcus Freeman's energy. That's certainly different got, from got Clark gold in practice. Yeah, I can't believe we never heard that in like the history of covering Notre Dame. Like, how been, <laughs> how's all the great coordinators they've had before never thought of got gold? It's exactly, like a, a turnover carrot. Yeah, I don't want to say turnover <laughs> chain. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it just feels like a group that knows who they are uh, and what they did to Wisconsin today. I mean, I don't. Graham Mertz is. I don't want to spend much time. I, I on don't Wisconsin, either, but, I just, but like, we couldn't they, stop saying. It. Everyone, we're looking at each other like, wait a minute, what? I felt like. I mean, this is for if you're sort of watching Notre Dame offensively and are concerned about throwing the ball as much as they are and the inefficiencies that they have offensively. Like, I get it, I get it, I get it. But Notre Dame is at least trying to evolve and change who they are offensively to suit their personnel. I couldn't tell you what the heck Wisconsin is doing with Graham Mertz and Paul Christ right now. It just, it looks like, let's just keep slamming our head against the wall that we've been slamming it into for a long time. And like, maybe that's just an admission, like, this is as good as it gets for Wisconsin. Like, they're not going to get over this like hump that they seem to think that they will. And now two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. You know, I, I think from a program aspect of Wisconsin, I think a big part of the reason they invested so much in Mertz was because they wanted to try to evolve and try to do something yeah. different because there was, I mean, let's face it, there was a ceiling on what they were doing. And look, it was better than 90% of the programs out there. They won the Big Time West almost every year. We're good for 10 wins in a major bowl game every year and would just not be ready to face an opponent, opponent of the caliber of Ohio State or someone really strong not in non-conference play. And that's fine. Like, they're working with – I know it's a Big Ten school, but they have a way of doing business there that is a lot different than most Blue Bloods. And they, they do more with less better than anyone. You look at their walk-on program, you look at all the great players they put in the NFL who are not highly recruited, uh, it's hard to question – the formula behind what has made Wisconsin so good over the last 30 years. I do think part of getting Graham Mertz, best quarterback recruit in the recruiting era history there, was to, and, and, and 
to trying to develop him and investing so much in him to the point where you essentially discard Jack Cohen was, all right, we need to open things up. We need to try to recruit a little bit differently here. We need to evolve our offense to match most offenses in the 21st century to give us a chance to go somewhere beyond this, this self-imposed ceiling we have. And he ain't the guy for it. I mean, that, no that much is clear. Um, is it as simple as, hey, we tried it. Thanks. We'll go back to like competing with Iowa every year for the West and go nine and three or ten and two, um, or is it? Hey, like because they're recruiting much better at that position ever since right. Burks got there. So I don't want to discount the impact he's made, but um, that that's a tough one. I mean, if you're a Wisconsin fan walking out of here with what you've seen through three games so far uh, and what you saw from everything but the opener from Graham Burks last year. I mean, they got Michigan next week, another big noon game. That's at home. Camp Randall's always good, and Michigan's never really good in big road environments against teams with equal talent. So we'll see how that goes. But um, that's got to that's be one frustrating football team to watch if you're a yeah. There, yeah, there's no question. I, I don't know how good Wisconsin is ultimately going to be the rest of the year because Graham Mertz feels like he's just putting a cap on – He's the guy that was supposed to take you to the new level is like, is taking you to the new level down. Like it's not a it's not a good situation there. It's I, you know I think by the end of the year like beating Wisconsin while significant and emphatic and will definitely resonate. You're probably talking about a Wisconsin team that is eight and four at best. At best. I mean uh, that, they already have two losses. Yeah. They got to go to Iowa. I think right is that I, Iowa or is that at home? Uh, I'm not sure where they Actually, go. I think that's home, but I mean, Iowa still looks well till today at least looks, looks really, really good. But I mean, that was constantly one of fourteen on third downs, all one of four downs. The Mertz line, since we haven't said it yet, eighteen of forty-one, two hundred forty yards, one touchdown, four picks. Um, Kendrick Pryor and Danny Davis are fine, but like they haven't. We were talking to Jesse Temple, our, our old podcast guest and our Wisconsin writer at halftime of this game. It's just like, when have they had like? Receivers, other than yeah. like Jared Aberdaris and Quintus Quintus is the only real one that comes to mind who was like a go-to target. Right, they've had good tight end play. They've had solid receivers, but you know, as much as we talk about Notre Dame shortcomings that position coming into the year, like it's it's two different leagues right now. Oh yeah, no, I mean I think this was it was a reminder that oh yeah, there's a re like I think Wisconsin sort of likes to cast itself as like in Notre Dame's group of like, well, if they made the playoff, we can make the playoff. No, you can't. Your skill position players are not good enough to do it. Um, there's no Claypool, Boykin, Mayer. Uh, Jonathan Taylor. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that, that's it. Like they have good backs and I think their, their tight end is above average, but you know, Notre Dame has depth up and down. And it's, you know, maybe this should have been something that, registered more when Jack Cohn said it when I, I asked him in August about you know you get here and you hear about Kyron Williams and you hear about Michael Mayer and at that point when Cohn committed I think Tremble was had not declared yet but you're very nice touchdown run Thursday night yes, by the way I was um, watching that live but you're thinking like alright I'm going to go to Notre Dame and I'm going to play in the same offense Ian Book played in where we hand the ball off when we throw it to our tight ends and then he got here and he's like he saw Wilkins and Lindsey take big steps in the offseason. He saw the Kevin Austin that, you know, we saw at that one spring practice a couple years ago, and you're like, oh, this is a, a game-breaking type of receiver. And obviously saw Mayer as well. Um, you know, Tyree has come on quite a bit. Like, Notre Dame just has so many avenues that it can go offensively um, at the skill positions that, you know, that's the only way you're going to make up for an offensive line that's struggling. But, um, you know, I think Jack Cohn, Drew Pine, Tyler Buckner, whoever's 
whoever's throwing it for Notre Dame moving forward, like there's always some, somebody is always one-on-one who's, especially if it's Austin or Mayer or Tyree or Williams is good enough to beat a guy one-on-one with regularity. And then, you know, occasionally you'll get a deep shot to Lindsay or, or Wilkins deep or a jump ball to Wilkins. Like it's, um, I don't know. It, Notre Dame has just, there's a lot more levers to pull for Tommy Reese with, and he needs all of them because, you know, the offensive line is just not where it needs to be right now. What do we think about Jack come moving forward health-wise? Uh, I mean, Kelly basically said, I mean, he said he's our starter and he said we expect him back this week. If you know anything about Brian Kelly, and we've written a hell of a lot about him in the last few days, <laughs> he is the most overly optimistic person on planet Earth publicly when it comes to injuries. Someone yes. could have their leg amputated. He's like, oh, he's fine. He'll be back in three months. Like, yeah, it's just, like, well, Tyler Buckner was responding well to treatment, and yeah. then he's like, yeah, he didn't get reps. He didn't sweet. practice. Yeah, he was unavailable. Couldn't even play in the game. 40% went to Drew Pine, yeah. Uh, like, Cole was in a lot of freaking pain, like, watching him on that sideline come off. And, again, you're not exactly easing him back into anything or easing anyone no. back into anything. You're, they're in harm's way if they're playing quarterback for this team at this point. What do we think moving forward? I mean, the guy came, dislocated a finger and threw a game on a touchdown pass. <laughs> so I, I don't feel like an ankle injury is going to be that serious. Um, I'm not, you know, the way Kelly described it, it was like, it's not even under consideration that you would you would rotate um, away from Jack Cohn as your starter. Like maybe the reps will be divvied up differently. Buckner's supposed to be available for Cincinnati. Wasn't available today. We'll see if that holds true. But um you know, did did Pine show you enough today to think about it? I don't think so, but he certainly showed you enough to feel confident yeah, if you yeah. had to go to him, which is, I don't, you know, Notre Dame can say that they see it in practice all the time, but until you come out here in a game mm-hmm. and actually do it, like you're just, you're just sort of hoping uh, that what you see on Tuesday will show up on a Saturday. Now you know. So it's kind of one of those things where like, Notre Dame's quarterback room is better after today because Pine should be super, super confident in himself. Um, and if Cone can't go, Notre Dame will be fine. Like they don't have to, they don't have to force it. I'm not saying that you know Drew Pine's going to go out and throw for 350 yards against Cincinnati, but they have other options there. Which you know, before today, I'm not, I'm not sure how confident you really would be if you're Notre Dame until you saw it. Yeah, I agree completely. I mean, that was, I mean, we've they've gone deeper into that room and shown more from that room than they did last year when they had a guy who finished in the top 10 of the Heisman yep. voting and ended up as the winningest quarterback in Notre Dame history, who was great Ian Buck. But if he went down, I had no idea what the hell was going to happen to really that whole team because um, that room was so green and it was still so green until Jack Cohn came on uh, in January as a graduate transfer. So I think they took steps, important steps in the right direction um, just through circumstance with that alone because – the, the, the roof isn't caving in right now because Jack Cohn, their starting quarterback, got hurt, and Tyler Buckner, the quarterback of the future, I, I don't know. I mean, if he didn't practice at all this week, I, I doubt he's going to snap his fingers and be 100% next right. Saturday. He'll probably work his way back into it this week. Although, if we're talking about a hamstring and the guy's in there for one thing and the defense knows he's in there for one thing, that would severely limit whatever package you want to try to put him in. Um, you have to at least feel comfortable, for lack of a better term, of what you got out of Drew Pine today. Because, again, you I don't think that happens in most programs. I, I don't mean to sound no. like Homer here, but like, I don't think there are too many good programs where you have a third stringer who has been under the guise of a quarterback competition for a while now that he never had a chance winning, who comes right in and, and moves the ball pretty well and gets ends up cl- closing out the game and winning the game yeah. 
All right, we'll wrap up on this because this was a question in my mailbag that now is relevant. Because um, somebody asked me, if Notre Dame beats Wisconsin, will it change your perception of the team? And I was like, that question's a week early. Like, if you beat Wisconsin and Cincinnati, then we can talk about that. But does today make you feel any different about next week? Does today make you feel any different about the next two months? Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know how you- Take away the final score. I did at 17-13 for all, for all I care when Notre Dame took the, their first and, or excuse me, their final lead, uh, their first score to take the lead in the fourth quarter. Uh, I think, what was Seal saying? The best part about being 4-0 is the chance to go 5-0. Like, I think you feel it's a team that is going to get more and more confident week after week. Uh, Brian Kelly referenced, you know, people trying to, to put us in a box and figuring out who we are and we don't know who we are. Um, I think that's fair outside of one position. Like I just, the line is what it is right yeah. now and you got to deal with that. Um, but I think the defense took important steps in the right direction. I think the receivers got back on the right track after a subpar performance last week and they got through, like they survived what in theory should be the toughest test for that offensive line. They're obviously going to be more tough tests along the way and people are going to learn to attack this team different ways defensively. But um, I think yeah, I mean, I, I'm certainly more optimistic after they beat Wisconsin um, and feel better about their chances of going. T- ten and two was not in my brain last week. Uh, it's definitely in my brain right now. Like, I, I think that is possible. I, I, I feel a lot better about this team after today. I think, yeah, after today and picking Wisconsin to win, um, which I, I really should have stuck with my initial reaction when we did last week. I got stopped by new mul- mul- multiple tailgaters. They very, very yeah. friendly, by the way, not like at all like <laughs> they're like, I hope you're wrong, but I think you're right. Like, it's, this does look like a good matchup for us, blah, blah, blah. But um, yeah, I mean, I mean, it's just look more, at the box score. Like, if, right. if I showed you this box score, just like I did Purdue's last week, you'd be like, yeah, I don't know how they win that one. I, it's just one of those things where I don't think I one. I don't think Notre Dame's going to go twelve and zero. But I don't know that I will pick Notre Dame to lose a game until after they have already lost one. If that makes sense, like that makes after sense. today, like I cannot like the the streaks. Well, I guess this was a ranked game, but the streaks, the the home streaks, right. the non ranked team. Yeah, the home. It's all still there. All all that's still happening. Um, so that look, Notre, Notre Dame is in a good spot mentally. They've got. Some guys who are developing, as Brian Kelly said, um, and to be four zero headed to Cincinnati at home. You know, this, this was your toughest sort of road ish venue that you're going to play in, right? Like, I mean, I guess Blacksburg, um, but I don't know how good Virginia Tech is. So, at, I don't know. Notre Dame's in a spot where they could they could get on a roll here, and like if they were six and zero going into the bye week before USC, I. Wouldn't surprise me at all at this point. Like I think that that's the headspace that they're in all of a sudden. It's a weird year throughout college football. Um, I think we've seen this everywhere. Um, Clemson has already lost a game, almost lost another. I don't know what they're doing right now against NC State. Ohio State's already lost a game. It looks like a complete mess defensively. Alabama, still Alabama, but they almost lost last week, and I think have a much tougher schedule than I think any of us initially anticipated. I, I think in a year like this one, if you can look up at the end of the first month and say you're undefeated, I don't really care how you got there. Like that's <laughs> something to, to pat yourself on the back for, um, regardless of, of your your shortcomings or, or your potential. I mean, Brian Kelly said some version of this post game. He said, "You know, this isn't a perfect team, but I know we're going to be better in November." And again, I, I just I like the headspace of this group right now. 
and that headspace is only going to get better uh, the more and more they win uh, against teams like against names like Wisconsin, regardless of what the personnel is on the field today. Um, you know, I think that that goes a long way for this group to be a top twenty program away from home uh, with the nation's eyes watching every play today. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and then I will wrap up here from uh, a top soldier field. Uh, Notre Dame 41, Wisconsin 13, just like we all predicted. Um, <laughs> and Notre Dame heads into Cincinnati at 4-0. Should be a top-10 game. Um, if you bought, if you uh, bet the under and you see me in South Bend this year, I will, I will buy you a drink because yeah. I feel that bad for you. Yeah, that was the most confident I think we were of all the betting lines today. So Notre Dame 41, Wisconsin 13. He's Matt. I'm Pete. You've been listening to the latest episode of The Shamrock. <laughs>